The Productive Woman, Episode 430. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. In this episode, we're going to talk about the value of planning for a productive life. You'll find more information and links to resources I mention all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 430. And this episode is brought to you by Text Expander. I am so happy to welcome back Text Expander as a returning longtime sponsor of this podcast and one of my most essential productivity tools. I have been a Text Expander user and big fan since long before they ever sponsored an episode of this podcast. So I'm excited to share it with you. You can take your time back with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, these all take precious time away from you. And with Text Expander, you can take that time back. And I'm so glad that they are offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off your purchase if you use the link textexpander.com slash TPW and enter the code TPW when you order. You don't need to waste time typing or cutting and pasting things that you've already worded perfectly. You can simply create a snippet that you save in Text Expander and you'll never need to retype it again. Your snippets are saved to the cloud, so they're available on all your devices, Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. And in case you haven't heard, uh, maybe it's been a while since I've talked about it on the show, but a snippet in Text Expander is basically just an abbreviation, a few keystrokes that you assign to a piece of text that will automatically expand into that text you've assigned to it. So personally, I have dozens of snippets for frequently used text, all the way from short things like phone numbers, email addresses, my state bar numbers, all the way up to longer messages that are comprised of several formatted paragraphs with frequently shared information for clients, colleagues, and others. I don't have to retype them. I don't have to remember the phone numbers. I just know these few keystrokes and it types all this stuff in. You can also create snippets that will automatically correct typos in words that you have a tendency to misspell or mistype. And one of the things I like about Text Expander is it offers statistics reporting that lets you see actually how much time you're saving by using snippets for those frequently used words, phrases, even whole messages with formatting and images in your emails, instructions you give to others, documents, literally anything you type on your computer, tablet, or smartphone, you can create a snippet and save tons of time. So with Text Expander, you can work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. You can create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. And Text Expander for Teams can be really helpful if you work 
with a team at your job or your business or some organization that you're part of, you can create efficiencies with your whole team, keep them communicating efficiently and with consistent language by sharing your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. There's so much more I could say about Text Expander, but that's not the purpose of this episode. So let me just say, I'm glad they're back and I hope you'll check them out. If you're not already using Text Expander, you can visit textexpander.com slash TPW to learn more and use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. I hope you'll check them out. So let's get into our main topic for this episode. If you've been listening for a while, you might remember that in a recent, very short episode, one of the things I asked you for was your feedback and some suggestions about topics. Several different people responded with some great ideas and different things um, that I can talk about in future episodes, but a number of you asked about planning and specifically how I manage tasks and, and my planning. So I thought it was a great time to talk about planning in general and share a bit about what works for me and kind of the theory behind it a little bit. And so let's get into that. You know me, I like to start with the meaning of words. And so what is planning? We, you know, it's a word that we use all the time, especially those of us who care about being productive. But what does it mean? I liked what Wikipedia said about it. Wikipedia says, planning is the process of thinking regarding the activities required to achieve a desired goal. I think that's exactly what it is. When we're talking about planning on this podcast, that's what we're talking about. Thinking ahead regarding activities that are required to achieve a particular goal, whether it's a short-term goal, something you want to accomplish today, or a long-term goal for your life. The Wikipedia article goes on to say, planning is based on foresight, the fundamental capacity for mental time travel. The evolution of forethought, being able to think ahead, this article says, the capacity to think ahead is considered to have been a prime mover in human evolution. Planning is a fundamental property of intelligent behavior. It's something we as humans can do. We can look ahead of the moment we're in and plan, think ahead about what needs to happen, what we want to happen in the future and what we need to do to make that happen. This is my commentary on what the article says. Planning, the article says, involves the use of logic and imagination to visualize not only a desired end result, but the steps necessary to achieve that result. And then it also says an important aspect of planning is its relationship to forecasting. Forecasting aims to predict what the future will look like, while planning imagines what the future could look like. So forecasting is looking ahead and predicting what things will look like in the future, but planning imagines what it could look like if we take certain steps. So planning is about taking time now to look ahead to the future, whether the future is the next hour, the current day, or weeks or months or even years ahead. We look ahead, we envision an outcome, and then we strategize how to get from here to there. 
So that's what planning is. That's what I'm talking about in this episode. Uh, I did a little research because I just, you know, I'm a nerd that way, uh, into planning and what people have written about planning. And I read uh, uh, an interesting bit of information on a website called antarga.com. I think is what it's called. I'll link to it in the show notes. And I thought this was interesting. They talk about in this article about four possible approaches to planning. And those four possible approaches are reactive, which is past oriented, inactive, which is present oriented, preactive, which is predicting the future and proactive, which is creating the future. And I liked that sort of breakdown of the possible approaches to planning. So when we sit down to plan or when we are planning something for the future, are we reacting to what's happened in the past and try to trying to fix it? Are we being inactive, just trying to keep things the way they are now? Are we being preactive uh, predicting the future or trying to predict the future and, and trying to plan for that? Or are we being proactive, which this article said proactive planning involves designing a desired future and then inventing ways to create that future state? I really like that. At any given moment, we may be doing any one of these four things, but I think there's something to be said f- for the idea that it's ideal to be proactive, to not just think, all right, this is this is what happened in the past and I don't want that to happen again, so how do I avoid that? Or how do I get it to be like that if, if I liked the past? Um, or being preactive, looking ahead to see what the future is going to be like and trying to plan what, you know, for that future. Any of those can be valuable, but proactive, I think, being proactive is the better option to create the future we want. I love this, designing a desired future and then inventing ways to create that future state. So, you know, my hope after I read all of this is that for myself, I want to be more proactive, not just planning because I know this is going to happen or that's going to happen, but designing the future I want and then inventing ways to create that future. So planning in general, why do we want to plan aside from, you know, inventing ways to create that ideal future that we want to have? There are lots of reasons why we need to plan. It's certainly in the business world, they talk about strategic planning in business, it's an important part of an organization's success. And if you are involved in strategic planning for your company or your business, you probably have heard of things like SWOT analysis, SWOT, which uh, is described in one article as identifying the business's objectives and then identifying all the internal and external factors that will affect this objective, both favorably and adversely. So in SWOT analysis, you come up with an objective, something you want to accomplish in your business or in your life for that matter. And then you kind of create a list in four quadrants. SWOT, S-W-O-T, stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So 
What are your strengths that your organization or you personally bring to this particular objective that you have in mind? What are your weaknesses? What are the things about you that'll make it harder to achieve this objective? What are the opportunities, which this article defines opportunities as characteristics in the environment that the business or project might exploit to its advantage? So what are the things around that could have a positive impact on your ability to achieve this objective? And then threats, the article defines as characteristics in the environment that might cause trouble for the business. So what are the the obstacles, the things around you that might make it difficult, whether it's uncooperative colleagues or, you know, whatever, or, you know, a pandemic that keeps you from getting out and and meeting with clients, any of those sorts of things. So if you're involved in strategic planning for business, you've probably heard of SWOT analysis. I remember webinar or seminars at my prior, one of my prior law firms where they talked about this. One that I had not heard about that this same article referred to is something called PEST analysis, P-E-S-T, which stands for political, economic, sociocultural, and technological factors. This was in this same article called Approaches to Planning, which I'll link to in case you're curious. Uh, This article talks about these factors and you you evaluate a particular objective and your plans to achieve that objective in light of these four factors, political, economic, sociocultural, and technological. And the article says there's a variant of that called PESTEL, P-E-S-T-E-L or T-L-E, which adds legal and environmental factors and says that that particular approach is popular with businesses in the UK. So if you are involved in corporate work or business endeavors in the UK, maybe you've heard of that pestle pestle analysis, which I had not. This is all kind of a side note. I, I just think it's interesting, these approaches to strategic planning in business. But how does all this apply to us in our personal and professional lives? Why is planning important? What benefits does it bring for us to plan rather than simply kind of coasting through the days or working, you know, in the moment and not really having a plan? Well, planning saves time by allowing us to prepare, prepare for obstacles, um, to prepare for whatever might come in in the endeavors that you're undertaking it allows you to time to or saves you time by uh, getting into your mind what resources you're going to need to accomplish a particular task or project and get those resources assembled for for me the way i think of it is planning for our day for a project for our career for our life is sort of like having a map or GPS directions when you go on a trip. Now, if you didn't look at the route ahead of time, when you leave on a trip and you don't have a map, you don't have GPS directions, you might still get to your destination, but it certainly would be likely to take longer because you'd wander around, you'd get lost, you'd hit detours. It's hard to get to a destination if you don't have 
a map to get there. And that's what planning provides for us in our projects, in our tasks, and in our life in general. Planning clarifies the process. It creates the most efficient route for us from where we are to where we want to be. I, I think of examples being on a very simple level, delays in a project that I did not adequately plan for. There was a recipe for something I wanted to try and uh, I had the recipe, but I didn't really think ahead as much as I needed to. Uh, and I'd been wanting to try it out. So I started to gather the ingredients. Now I had looked ahead enough to, there were a couple unique ingredients that I needed for it. And I had gotten those sometime before. But when I went to gather all the ingredients to make this recipe, I discovered I didn't have quite enough of one of the key ingredients that is sort of a staple. I hadn't looked to see how much of it I had and how much I needed from the recipe. And when I started to assemble all the stuff, I discovered I didn't have enough. So I had started to make this recipe, discovered I needed more of those powdered sugar is what I needed. And so I had to wait until either I or Mike could get to the store to buy more. That's a silly little thing, but it's something where a little bit more planning would have made a difference in my timing of getting this project completed. One article I read noted that planning also reduces stress as it should allow you to come up with a realistic view of what you can achieve in a certain amount of time. That's another benefit of planning instead of just diving into things. If we think ahead, we spend a little time envisioning the outcome we want and thinking about the steps it will take to get there, then we're going to have a pretty realistic view of what we can get done in the amount of time we have. Another writer describes some of the benefits of planning in this way. It helps you set appropriate goals. That is, the very process of planning helps you refine your goals and evaluate whether they're realistic or what additional resources you're going to need in order to make them achievable. Uh, second thing this writer says is when we plan, we break a problem or a goal down into smaller pieces, which reduces overwhelm and makes any objective more achievable. The process of planning means that we're going to be looking at it through various angles and it reveals the weaknesses and the strengths of the plan and helps us to adjust accordingly. This writer says that planning increases certainty and confidence, noting that, uh, and I'm quoting here, no one can predict the future and there will always be surprises, but planning gives you a much clearer idea of what lies ahead. It certainly increases efficiency as this writer says, it's, it means less wasted money, talent, and time. It reduces risk. It encourages creativity because if you're planning ahead, you've got a little time to kind of give more thought to it and give more creative thinking. And this writer says that planning improves decision-making. And what they mean there is that when you plan, you gather the information necessary to make a thoughtful, well-rounded decision. So there are a lot of benefits to, to planning instead of just sort of diving in and flying by the seat of our pants. Sometimes we're going to do that though, right? We're just going to kind of dive in and see where things take us. 
but planning has its benefits. It certainly, it can make it easier to delegate because you know what's coming, what needs to be done, and you can therefore enlist help sooner rather than later. Whereas if you didn't plan ahead and you jump into something and you realize you're over your head or you need some additional help, it can be a little harder to get the help you need right when you need it uh, because you didn't, you know, you didn't think ahead. Generally, planning helps you achieve your tasks, your projects, your goals and objectives more effectively with less wasted time and with less frustration. So some of the things to keep in mind about planning, uh, first of all, just in general, it doesn't have to be time consuming or complex. It depends on what you're trying to plan, but planning can be as simple as sitting with a a pen and, and a piece of paper while you're having your morning coffee and listing what you need to get done that day. And then maybe organizing it all into an order that makes sense to you, uh, it can be that simple, recognizing, oh, you know, I've got three errands I need to run today. Let me take a minute and think, what's the order I should do them to be most efficient to get there, get it done and get home instead of running back and forth across town to do different things. In planning, it is important to allow for the unexpected, that there will be interruptions, there will be obstacles to whatever plan that you come up with. And Know that those are coming, plan for them to the extent you can, but allow time uh, for those things. There's a couple of things to think about in planning. Daily planning, the more you, you need or want to accomplish in a day, the more important planning is. If you have a day off where you know you don't have a lot of tasks to complete, then maybe it doesn't need a whole lot of planning for the day other than thinking about what am I going to want to eat and make sure there's enough food in the house for it or whatever. Maybe the plan is going to be just to relax and do nothing. And so you won't spend a lot of time planning for it other than, you know, maybe you want to lay on the couch and read a book. So your plan will be just to make sure you have the book you want to read handy and the, the coffee or tea or cocoa or whatever you want for that day. There are lots of different approaches we can take to planning for the day or planning for specific projects or events. And I thought I'd spend some time because of the questions that were asked and the feedback that I got uh, talking about my own approaches to planning. And those have changed over the years. So first of all, uh, some of the tools and the approaches that I've used in the past for creating and and accomplishing and tracking plans. Or in my early years, I used a paper planner. I've always enjoyed having a planner of some sort. I, I'm kind of built that way, that I want to think ahead to what's going to happen and be prepared for it. And so in my early adult years, I used a paper planner that typically would have a monthly calendar for capturing appointments and long-term plans, things like birthdays, trips that we were going to take, events, and so on that were time-specific. And so usually my planner would have a monthly calendar that I could look at the month and have an overview of, of the big things that were happening during that month. And then usually it would have either a page for each day or a two-page spread for each week. And this approach 
was very helpful to me when my kids were young and I was home most of the time with them. I was active in a homeschool organization and, and active in our church. So we had, you know, commitments there and things that we were doing there. But a, a paper planner worked great for me. It, I always used a planner that I could fit in my purse or in the diaper bag. So I would always have it with me. And my approach would be to write everything down. When a birthday came to my attention of a friend or a friend's kid or something like that, I'd write it in there so I'd know ahead of time. And I would spend time on a regular basis looking ahead in the calendar and planning accordingly. You know, one of my kids was invited to a birthday party, so I would have to plan ahead to get a gift for them to take with them and make sure that I didn't have any conflicts on my schedule so I could get them there and get them back. that was a very useful approach for me in those early years. And this was, you know, pre the technology that we have right now. In my later adult years, as as the technology advanced and as I uh, got busier in the sense of having more varied kinds of commitments, especially as I moved into my legal career, I switched to those electronic tools that got developed, a calendar that could be shared with my colleagues and my husband and digital task managers, all that allowed me to do some of the same things, most of the same things that I did with my paper planner, but for me in a more portable and more kind of ubiquitous way in that I would have it with me everywhere I went. Either way, whatever tools I was using, the process for me, the process of planning, always starts with capturing information in my calendar, in my task management tool, et cetera, and then processing that information at the appropriate time. For my ability to plan and manage my life, the capturing of information is absolutely key. I don't try to keep anything in my head, and I never have. I don't try to keep a grocery list in my head. I don't try to remember appointments. Everything gets written down. So appointments or any kind of time-specific commitment, those get added to my calendar immediately when I know about them. You know, Back in the day when I was using a paper calendar uh, to today when I'm using a digital calendar. And when I enter those time-specific commitments into my calendar, I also include any relevant information. I start by describing it, you know, whatever the, the commitment is, briefly, but with enough information that future me will know, what is this call for? Or what is this appointment for? So instead of saying, you know, phone conference with so-and-so, I'll typically enter it as something like phone conference with so-and-so about such-and-such, whatever whatever deal it's for, if it's a work call, whatever the the subject matter that that spurred the need for the phone conference in the first place, I'm going to put that in there so that future me, when I look at it, will remember why I'm having a call with this person or who this person is that I'm having the call with. I also include any other relevant information a phone number, if it's a phone conference, an address, if it's an in-person appointment, a Zoom or a Teams link, if it's one of those sorts of video conferencing kinds of meetings, which is a lot of the meetings that I do these days. 
If it's a meeting to discuss a particular document, I will attach that. That's one of the benefits of using a digital calendar. Uh, you know, in past days, if I was going somewhere when I was using a, a paper planner, I would maybe clip a document to the calendar page for that particular appointment. So I had it handy, but it's much easier nowadays with a digital calendar that if I'm, uh, I have a meeting or a call to discuss a particular document or set of documents, I will attach them to it, or I'll insert a note regarding the purpose of the call or, or the meeting. Either way, it, the, the, the point here of entering this kind of information into my calendar, it makes planning my life and managing my life much more effective and efficient. I avoid double booking, you know, having two things scheduled at the same time because I always consult my calendar before I agree to a meeting or a commitment. It also avoids me forgetting it. And getting, you know, pinged by somebody saying, are you going to join this call? Uh, you know, I've, I've had to do that for other people. And try, always entering these things in allows me to avoid that. It also helps me in preparing and planning because I can look ahead to what's coming up in the week or the month and think ahead to what do I need to do to prepare for that call or that meeting or that appointment? Do I need to make another call? Do I need to gather some information? Did I agree to draft something and send it ahead of the call? Whatever it might be, having it in my calendar is essential to me being able to plan and prepare and you know contribute in the way that I need to. So capturing that information is so important. Same thing with tasks and projects that I'm going to do. Having a task management tool, whatever that might be, whether it's digital or analog, allows me to plan ahead. Rather than keeping it in my head, it gets written down when I know I need to do something and I can consult that list ahead of time and think, all right, what do I need to do to prepare for this? How can I plan to be successful at whatever this is? So capturing the information is key and then the processing of it and the planning around it, that happens at specific times. So for instance, I kind of tend to plan my coming week on Sunday afternoons. That's been my approach for a long time, although I have been recently trying to switch to and incorporate Laura Vanderkam's recommendation in her book, Tranquility by Tuesday, of planning the next week on Friday afternoons or sometime on Friday so you're well ahead and you can you know make the plans that you need to make to be prepared for whatever's happening in the coming week. Either way, whenever you do it, the idea is to look ahead, to have times set aside where you look ahead at what's coming and what do I need to do to prepare for it so that I'm ready when the time comes. On a more immediate level, I try to plan and process these things at the end of each workday for the next day. So when I'm wrapping up for the day, I'll take a few minutes just to look at my calendar and my to-do list for the next day and think about, all right, what has to happen? What, do I, what should I do now to be ready for it? What am I going to do first? You know, if I look at uh, the calendar for my next workday and I see I've got several calls and I also had planned on my you know, task manager to 
to draft a complicated document. And I realized uh, my day is going to be taken up with meetings and calls or running errands or whatever it might be. Tomorrow might not be the right day to work on this project that needs a big chunk of time uh, to concentrate on it. And so maybe I need to move things around. If I have lots of time on a particular day tied up with calls or meetings, then I need to perhaps shorten my to-do list for that day, my task list, to fit the time that's available for it. So again, looking ahead, seeing what the day is going to be, and if we want to go back to this sort of creating the future we want, maybe we want to move things around a little bit so that it makes better sense for the kind of life we actually want to live. But either way, I'm looking ahead and trying to be prepared so that I know, oh, I've got a call at 8.30 tomorrow morning. I need to spend 20 minutes looking at these documents before that. So I'm prepared to talk about them intelligently on that call or whatever it might be, rather than waiting till I get up in the morning and I wander into my office and think, well, what am I going to do today? Oh, no, I've got this call and I, I don't you know, I was supposed to get this piece of information before that call, whatever it might be. I know that you have similar kinds of situations in your life and taking a little bit of time to look ahead at what's coming allows us to plan accordingly. So how I plan, uh, it varies. It's a little bit different for sort of the day-to-day versus long-term projects or big projects or events. As I've said, for the week or the day, the way I plan is to try to look ahead at what appointments, commitments I have, what what my workload is going to be, and ask myself, what do I need to do now to prepare for that? What resources am I going to need for that event or that commitment? And how can I gather those now? And I typically like to look at a week at a time and then look at each day and think about, all right, where do I need to block out time to, to eat that frog, as, as the phrase is uh, from that book, uh, or to do my most important task for the day or a work project that requires concentrated attention? Where am I going to do that? And can I get that blocked out on my calendar and prepare accordingly? And as I said, I generally, at the end of each workday, I try to put together my short list of the things that need to happen the next day so that I'm prepared and at least identify what I'm going to do first if nothing changes between now and then. And so that's my approach to planning for the week, for the day. I always try to be in the moment doing what needs to be done, but take time each day to look ahead a little bit and prepare myself for what's coming. On the other hand, for planning uh, projects, big projects or events, I have kind of a similar process, but you know, you're looking forward and it takes a little bit more time. Well ahead of time, I brainstorm a list of everything that has to be done and all the materials or resources that I'm going to need. If if there are people that need to be involved or that I need to consult with, uh, materials I'm going to need to buy or order, what steps need to be taken. I try to break it down into its smallest components. And this step, even with all the you know technology that I have available to me, Usually for a project or an event that I'm trying to plan and prepare for, 
I'm going to do this first step in a notebook, uh, just, you know, paper and pencil. I just think well on paper and I literally just brainstorm. I list these things as they come to me uh, in no particular order, just write them down. And I try to kind of estimate, maybe make a note of how much time any particular task or, or piece of this project or event is going to take. And I'll spend however much time it takes to capture as much of it as I can. Often plans kind of change and morph over time, but I start with whatever I've got. I spend enough time to get everything listed that I can think of. And then after I have that list, I'll come back to it and sort it out in ways that make sense. A lot of times that's in time order. This thing has to happen before that thing can be done. Or I can't do this thing until somebody else does that other thing. And I sort of sort things out that way so that I have a rough kind of timeline, so to speak, an, uh, an order of, of events to prepare for whatever this project or, or event is. I often also will try to group similar tasks. So if I have several errands that need to be run. I need to go, you know, different stores I need to go to or a trip to the post office or whatever. I try to group those because I'll be more efficient. And again, this is another advantage of planning ahead because you see all of this at once and you can think, okay, look, I've got this, this, and this, and that that need to be done at various places in town, errands that I have to run. Let's get them all done. Schedule a time when I can do them all at once. Or if I have... I realized that uh, as different components of the preparation or the plan for this project or event uh, are people I need to send emails to or people I need to call, I can group those together and knock them all out together instead of, you know, jumping from one mode to another. The other thing I do with planning a project or event is sort of reverse engineer the timeline. So for instance, if there's a deadline for completing a particular project or a specific date that an event is going to occur, then I'll look at that and I'll kind of calculate backwards to figure out the time frame for each of the major milestones in it and get them on the calendar as well with alerts to remind me. So for example, you know, on a fun thing, maybe you're planning a vacation trip for your family as you're planning, one of the steps is to think, all right, we're leaving on, you know, July 15th. What's the last date we can order our plane tickets or our train tickets or whatever mode of transportation we're taking? When do we need to make hotel reservations by? What's the deadline for that? How far in advance do we need to order tickets for activities we're going to do while we're there? All of those things sort of starting from this is when we leave, moving backwards, allocate time to make sure that the steps get completed in time for you to make that departure. Hopefully that makes sense. Kind of the, the, when I talk about reverse engineering the timeline, that's what I'm talking about. I know it's going to take me this much time to, to do this step. So I'm going to have to start it by this day so that it's done by that day kind of thing. So that's kind of my process for planning, and we can dig more into that in future episodes, but that's the basic process that I follow when I'm planning either my day or my week or a, a big project or, or planning for an event. 
uh, some of the tools that I use nowadays, it's changed to a large degree because my stage of life is very different now than it was. Back when all our kids were at home, I used a certain set of tools partly because they were what was available at the time, but I had to manage not only my schedule, but the schedule for five kids of different ages with different activities and keeping track of where everybody needed to be. It's not like that now. We don't have any kids at home. It's just Mike and me here. And that's all I have to consider for the most part in making plans or establishing household routines and that sort of thing. Again, very different from when I was needing to manage appointments and schedules and schools and education and all that sort of thing for Mike and and me and, and five kids of different ages. Nowadays, it's simpler in many ways. And so the tools I use are simpler. As a side note, I'll mention it This is about to change for us because we will be very soon welcoming a teen foster daughter into our home. And so we'll have, I'll have added tasks for me, uh, you know, appointments for her, meetings with her caseworker or her, her school and added scheduling considerations. And so I'm planning ahead for that, even though she's not here yet. I spent a few minutes last week on the school's website, the school that she'll be attending, noting what time the school day starts and ends, because that's going to affect my daily routine, Uh, checking the school calendar for the remainder of this school year, and added things to our home calendar, like when when is spring break? When are there teacher in-service days where she won't be going to school? What are the early release days? I've got all those in our the digital calendar for home that I share with Mike so we can see those because we're going to have to take all those things into consideration going forward when we plan trips to visit our other kids or when I make a hair appointment if I can't make it at a time when I would maybe need to be picking her up from school that sort of thing so it's going to it's going to change my planning routine and the tools I'm using will change in the coming weeks and months But right now, it's just Mike and me. Uh, I work from home. I spend most of my workday here at my desk. So the portability of my tools is not as much an issue as it was when I commuted between my office and my home and traveled quite a lot for work. Mike is away during the day. So I'm here at home working and, and, you know, doing home things by myself during the day. And we don't have a lot of outside activities that we're involved in. So that me, all those things mean that the tools I need to use can be much simpler. I still use a digital calendar. Uh, and I think I always will because of the sharing capacities of those among other things. I personally use the Apple calendar. Uh, we use, you know, iPhones, iPads, that sort of thing. I use the Apple Calendar for my personal and household calendars. Uh, I use an Outlook Calendar for work because that's what my firm, you know, provides and wants us to use. And I use an app called Fantastical on my uh, my MacBook Pro, on my iPhone, on my iPads because it will connect with my all my other calendars, including my work one, and show all of them on one screen so I can see everything in one place. As part of my planning process 
with that digital calendar, when I have appointments outside of the house, I use the travel time feature, which will show for each calendar entry, basically, when do I need to leave? How long is it going to take me to get from here to where I'm going? So that I'm sure to leave enough time between commitments to get where I need to be on time. And I always set alerts for my appointments so that I get pinged to remind me in time to get ready for whatever that appointment might be. As far as task and project management, I still have my my digital task manager. I've always enjoyed OmniFocus. I've been using that for years. But most of the time these days for my my day-to-day planning, my to-do list sort of thing, I am kind of analog. I have a notebook that I keep handy for jotting down lists and and kind of brainstorming plans like I talked about earlier. I also have on my desk uh, various to-do list pads. I, I'll pull one out that I, on busy days to just list the things that, first of all, the things that must get done that day, and maybe a second section of things that I'd like to get done if there's time. And as I said earlier, I try to put that list together each day before I leave my desk so that I can get right to work in the morning. So that's my basic process these days. I guess my final thoughts are to sum it all up. I think planning is an important part of a productive life, but it doesn't have to be a complex or overwhelming process. If you think of it in terms of just looking ahead a little bit to what's coming in the future, capturing that necessary information so you know what's out there, and then coming up with a plan for the action that you'll take step by step, it really doesn't have to be that complicated. Do what works for you. Uh, There is a great article I found on designing your own personal planning system. I will put a link to that in the show notes. If you're thinking about that and wanting to do that, I encourage you to check that article out. But also remember to try to avoid getting bogged down in planning. For those of us who are expert procrastinators, planning to do things can take up lots and lots of time that defers actually doing the thing. Planning has its benefits and can help us be more effective and more efficient. But ultimately, projects are completed and goals are achieved when we take action. And so don't plan forever get started, uh, you know, make a rough plan and start taking action and you can adjust the plan as you go. So those are my thoughts on that. I'd love to know what you think. Are you a planner or more a fly by the seat of your pants? Or, uh, and if you are a planner, are there tools or approaches that you particularly like? I'd love to know what those are. You can share your thoughts on this or your comments or questions in the comments section of the show notes for this episode which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 430. Or post a comment in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group if you're a member there. We can share ideas and inspire each other to, to be more effective and efficient in our planning. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can do that by emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I promise I will get back to you just as quickly as I can. Uh, I guess that's it. Remember, for listeners of this podcast, our returning sponsor, Text Expander, is offering 20% off your purchase 
of this outstanding productivity tool. I really couldn't function without it on my devices. Visit textexpander.com TPW to learn more and use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worth your time. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, even as you're thinking about planning, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.